Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, looking at the gospel lesson today, words of Jesus about his return. Please be seated. So, what are we doing here on a perfectly good New Year's Eve? <laughs> Aren't there better things to do on such a night? <laughs> there must be a party somewhere to go to, and, or down to Lady Bird Lake for the, for the fireworks show, or, or at least at home watching the crowd in Times Square, counting down with great expectation of that ball to drop. There's probably a football game on TV, too. <laughs> well, for followers of Jesus, there. There is no better place to be on New Year's Eve than, than here in worship with each other. There's, there's no better place to, to be to celebrate the many, the many gifts that God has given us uh, this past year and no better place to be as we look forward to the new year, looking with, with great expectation of, of what God can and will do for you in it. And In fact, that's really the title of this of this sermon it kind of got left out of the program but great expectations we can have and if nothing else being here tonight has helped you learn that there's a section of hymns in our in our hymn hymnal to sing about the end times that's why i had us do number 515 there to sing about that that and that's why we sing about the end times because there's great expectations we can have about the end times and for me, I suspect, and for others too, New Year's Eve just isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> Don't have many expectations for New Year's Eve. Uh, I guess the only exception, uh, the only expectation I have for New Year's Eve is that I'll probably get woken up around midnight with all the fireworks going on. But uh, for many, New Year's Eve just isn't that big of a deal. And I think it could be the same for people concerning the end times. In, in many Christian circles, and probably admittedly so, in Lutheran churches, we, we don't talk about the end times a lot. The end times, or the second coming of Christ, doesn't get emphasized that much. And, and in fact, Marcia, she, she catches me on this several times. When, whenever I say something like, you know, we, well, we're all going to die someday, and she'll correct me with, no, not unless Jesus comes back first gets me every time on that. And I try to argue, it's like, no, don't. It's, it doesn't work. It, because it's, it, it's, it's true. Not all people are going to die. Jesus is going to come back at some time and people are alive. Maybe it'll be us. We don't know. But Jesus has some interesting words for us tonight in that gospel reading. And I, I want us to, to, to have great expectations about that because the end times usually are kind of scary. And I think that's why we don't emphasize it as much because it's kind of scary, it's kind of mysterious, and we don't know when it's going to be, so we don't talk about it much. But um, it has a lot of negative connotations. Even the name, the end times. Well, that sounds really welcoming, doesn't it? And also the, um, the last days or the end of the world. It doesn't sound all that promising, and movies or TV shows on the subject always depict doom and gloom and people scrounging for food and zombies and all kinds of stuff here. That's, that's what gets, gets, gets portrayed 
And probably the most troubling idea is the idea of the end times being judgment day. The day, the frightening day of all people standing before Jesus as he comes and separates the sheep from the goats. So no wonder the end times doesn't get emphasized or talked about a lot. There's not a lot of great expectations about what can be happening. But I want to encourage you tonight to have great expectations, not only of the new year coming up, but also of the return of Jesus. And that's what Jesus was talking about in that gospel reading, the the end times and his return. And he paints the picture of a, a master of a household returning to his house from a wedding banquet coming at an unexpected time. And like the servants in the reading, we can be waiting with great expectation and not fear of the return of our master because he's coming with great things for us. For the followers of Jesus, he's not coming back with punishment in mind. For the servants in the reading, the master comes back to them with a feast. And he comes and he sets a table for the servants and he has them gather around it and he even shows them their places there at the table and then he puts on the clothes of a servant and he serves them. Jesus is coming back in the same way to serve us. That should be expected because serving us is what he did the first time he came here. He served us by giving his life on the cross to take the penalty of our sin and forgiving us. He served us by by dying for us and rising again to take us to that heavenly feast where he'll set the table before us have us gather around it and and show us our places there. Jesus is not coming back with punishment in mind. When he first came here, he took that punishment from us. Jesus is coming to serve us, serving us by giving us eternal life, giving us glorified bodies and souls, free from evil, and from sin, and from pain, and sickness, and suffering, and tears, and all of the ill effects of our bodies here on earth, Jesus is going to take it away and serve us with all of that new. That's what we can expect in the end times, on the last day, on the, on the day of Jesus' return. We can have great expectations of the return of our master he's our master but at his heavenly feast he's also our our waiter our servant in great expectations of Jesus' return we can say that we wait for him to wait on us and to serve us his heavenly feast but for now 
we've got something really good. We have a great preview of that heavenly feast to come. We have a foretaste of the feast to come, if you will. And yes, I mean the Lord's Supper. Just, just a, a bit of bread and a bit of wine. But it's a feast. A feast of God's grace given to us in Christ's body and blood in that bread and wine. He, he gathers us here, tonight even. He gathers us here and shows us our places at the table and, and He serves us. Serves us His grace for the forgiveness of our sins. Serving us by giving what He already gave us, His body and His blood for that forgiveness. So we can have great expectations of the feast to come, but also in the foretaste of the feast to come. We can have great expectations of Christ's work among us right now, forgiving our sins, giving us comfort and hope. Great expectations for, for, for now, not just for the future. And, and, and boy, we really do need that comfort and hope now. We need some great expectations with the way things can be in this world and in our lives. Yeah, I know. I know that life can be rough. And the expectations of going into a new year can be pretty grim sometimes if things are pretty rough in your life right now. Sometimes it seems like things are completely falling apart in this world or in your own life. You may be dealing with, with, with any kinds of trouble. Career worries, finances, health, relationships, worries about terrorism or violence in the world, or maybe it's your own sins. Things that, you, things that you've done or didn't do that are causing you guilt and shame and you're, you're dragging them all with you into this coming new year. If so, there's good news. You can have some great expectations of good news in this new year. There's good reason for you to have great expectations because Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you, giving you a feast of His love and grace and forgiveness and comfort. He's promised these things. And He's given it in His death and His resurrection for you. The years change. The times change. Jesus does not change. The expectations you may have had for Jesus years ago are still the same. He still promises all of those things. And we can expect that. God was our help in ages past. He is your help for years to come, as we just sang. So be encouraged. And in the epistle, Paul's letter to the Romans, great words here of, of, of great promise and expectation and comfort. He said, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? 
tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, your life problems, even your own sin will not separate you from the love of Christ. A good way to be reminded about the good news of Christ's return and the great expectations we can have in that is, is in the creed. And I think sometimes this part of the creed, I don't think we think about it that much. It's, um, it's near the end of the creed, so we start to think about, okay, what's, what's coming up next? Um, and we, we, we don't really fully you know, think about it that much, but in, in, that, in, the, third artic- uh, in, the, in the second article, it says, um, I believe in Jesus Christ that he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. He's coming again. When we pray the common table prayer, everybody kind of knows that it's, it's these or thy. That's what, where everybody gets kind of confused on that. There is a, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. We're praying, Jesus, come back. <laughs> we want you to return right now. We don't even have to eat first. It's okay. You can come back now. It's, it's, it's fine. See, for, for Lutherans, we, we call this, this whole idea of, of, of enjoying God's grace now, but also looking forward to it. We call it the great now and not yet. We enjoy the grace of God now. We have that expectation of His grace, but also in His second coming There's more to come. We enjoy so much of His grace here now, but at the same time, we don't yet experience the fullness of it. Boy, we can have great expectations of that. Not only can we be excited about it, we can have great expectations of all that. And I know in our lives, there's always the specter of death that's there. And even I always say it, <laughs> Marcia corrects me, I say, well, we're all going to die someday. Death is always this ever-present thing. It's always this thing that we think we have to deal with and we have to, we, we have to you know, kind of account for and, and, and deal with it. But, but Jesus is coming back, maybe in our lifetime. So I would encourage us to not always be looking for a hole in the ground, Don't put your expectations there in your death and burial, but also be looking for a hole in the sky. Be looking for Jesus to come back. He's promised to do it. We can expect it at any time. Yeah, Jesus is coming. We don't know when, probably when we don't expect it, but let's be expecting it. Having great expectations into this new year and every year. And so now let's prepare to celebrate with great expectations the foretaste of the feast to come. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.